gonna be a bright, 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 bright sunshiny sunshine day. day. Oh, are we recording? Yeah. Oh, dude, you never told me we were recording. Yeah, that's how oh, we do man. it here. How are you, Danny? Doing good. Doing yeah. good. I, I, uh, you know, getting ready for some fireworks tonight as we are recording this on Independence Day. America. Independence America. Day. America. Celebrating independence from. So you don't people. you don't actually deal with many like people that are riding around in their trucks with actual America stickers on their truck. America. Like it's just like a thing you hear of in legends that there are people who actually talk like that. They America. talk like that. America. There are people where I live that are rooting tooting trucking around with America stickers. Gotta have it, America. I'm proud of America. Uh, no, I mean, in yeah, I up here in Seattle, not too often. It's actually rare that we see a truck in general. I mean, we see like U-Haul moving trucks. That's pretty common. Right. Uh, we You're not see... one of those people that judges somebody the moment you see them driving a truck, though. Um, no, no. Maybe if you're driving a Hummer or something like that, which is also right. a very rare occurrence. But right. uh, no, I mean, there's definitely purposes for trucks. You know, growing up in a growing up in a family where we did a lot of stainless steel and, and built a lot of stuff, you need to be able to put those things in into something. And you can't fit, you know, a big stainless steel thing into a smart car. That just doesn't work, Danny. I've tried. It doesn't right. work. Let me tell you a story though, because we went to Costco this weekend and. We are lo- lovers of Costco. We think it's a ph- ph- phenomenal foundation uh, of America, right. America uh, from Kirkland, Washington, the Kirkland brand from Kirkland, Washington. Just so you know, it's where that, that connection comes. So we you get to that point in your life where you go into the bathroom and the 5000 pack of toilet paper that you have purchased at Costco has now dwindled to like nothing over six months. You're just like, oh, where did it all go? So you're like, I got to go to Costco. Right. So we decided to go to Costco because that's what you do on the weekend, especially here in Seattle. Right. Maybe you hit Bed Bath & Beyond, maybe Home Depot if you have enough time. We, I mean, we weren't sure if we we're going to have enough time. But I mean, right. to be honest, we don't know. You don't know. So you get out there. And we actually, funny enough, we actually did go to the Home Depot before going to Costco. <laughs> <laughs> um and and we did have time to go to Costco, which is great. So we 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 went on like a rampage at, at Costco. It was phenomenal. We got, of course, all of our toiletries, toilet paper, you know, towels. Uh, we got you know a bunch of food products. We got a bunch of dried fruit. It was all like a whole bunch of snacks. It was all great. We got some fresh fruit. We got some fresh veggies. I love the Costco. Yep. And uh, we get our shopping cart was so full. This has never happened before. You know, people know we have a smart car. And you can only fit so much humanly in a smart car. And uh-huh. it's really hard when you have a smart car and the hatchback also is broken, which means that you need to load everything through the convertible the, top. The, yeah. Well, <laughs> Over the top. It's not even, unless it's a clown smart car. Like, I don't know how those magical cars work where they fit 72 clowns in a little car. Oh, this you is know not I be, Those things make me believe in magic more than anything else. Da- eat your heart out, David Blaine. They just you know. keep coming. Where are they coming from? I'm but scared. You did you ask them when you bought your smart car? Were you like, is this one of the magical clown smart cars? And they're like, no. And you're like, darn it. Yeah, <laughs> that is the that's they actually put that on the Craigslist listing just so people are aware they don't want to go in there. So so we had this great parking spot and this Costco in Seattle and Soto south of downtown, if you will, is very busy. So we get to start packing our little tie. That's what we would call them, tie. Yeah. And. 
they're the people like they're like, oh, these people are leaving. Like this will be quick, right? They'll just just put a bunch of stuff in into their car. No, 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 nay. I have to put like the the top down. I gotta like start loading stuff and we're we're Jenga-ing, we're Tetrising in pieces and parts. And it took us a good like five to ten minutes, and four cars had not only stopped and waited for a minute or two, but then went by. And then there was a lady with her small child who for 10 minutes could not take her eyes off of us and was just like sitting there in amazement. And when we finished, she clapped. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's oh, our man. lives. That's our lives, Danny. That's what happened. I, I've never had somebody clap for me in a parking lot. So that's like one of those things that happens and it's just like you can say you're in the 1%. Oh, wait, that's not actually true. Did I ever tell you the story of how I dropped how I dropped a six pack of beer and caught it with my foot before it crashed to the ground? <laughs> no, but I know the outcome of that. If you and, wanna... <laughs> the, and the guy walking by was like, that was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. It's what he said. So, so you, I'm loading set, up, set it too up. Many, I'm loading too many things into the back of my car and um it you know it it just like i thought i had it i didn't have it it slips and it it's falling and i did one of those like i hacky sacked it right i mm-hmm, i put my mm-hmm. foot under the trajectory of it and arched it just right that it literally like was tilted it hurt my toe but it was tilted between the tip of my foot and like against my shin and then i immediately like threw the other bags in and leaned down and grabbed it and like sort of like i'm doing it right now like half lifting my leg up in a straight fashion and then grabbing it and a guy like who had just like i could tell he had just like shut and locked his cars looking at me and he's like that was one of the most amazing things i've ever seen (laughs) it was like like when instincts take over and you need to protect your child that's what i did with my six pack of beer so i'm like no that's all that's the only thing i have that's relatable to that was it a was it like a milwaukee's best no it was it was glass bottles Um, oh i want to say that's even more intense dosa key because I don't always catch beer with my foot as it falls to the ground. But when I do, I prefer Dos Equis. So um, I'm pretty sure it was a Dos Equis. Yeah, that's the way to do it. If you're going to if you're if you are going to, you know, do that, it has to be a Dos Equis, <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, man, that's great. Uh, yeah, it's, it's always interesting when you watch people or people are watching you and just what we're what we're amazed by in this world, because you just, you know, we just happen to fit a bunch of stuff into our smart car and you just happen to basically catch some beer with your feet and people are like, right. That is the most amazing right. it's just, moment ever. Cause I think it's cause you instantly feel, you know, the empathy for that person. You're like, Oh my gosh, like they did it. Right. And you just instantly connect with their, you know, their plight. The same, the same thing that makes that something you want to appreciate is the same reason why it's so hard to watch the news these days. Right. Cause you're just, yeah. You have if you if you're allowing yourself to watch it and tap into like how you would feel if you were in those shoes, you're like, I don't know that I can continue to expose my emotional body to this. Right. It's so it's like stimulation overload. So it's the same thing that makes you want to connect with someone when you see them do something great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This makes sense. Yeah. That's really interesting because. Yeah, when the only way that I can really consume the news anymore is via late night talk show. And and that's like, essentially what, what are you into? Are you into uh, Jamie Oliver? last week tonight I, or you watch i am a seth myers type of guy oh okay now. yeah so you're watching like jimmy fallon seth myers kind of there mm-hmm. yeah there's i told you my 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 recommended way to consume the news is not with any news spin even that is a little bit too much um 
reporting on news before they really understand what's going on, but they're doing it for, you know, for humor and all that stuff and, and to connect in a different way. But I prefer the week. I don't always follow the news, but when I do, I recommend the week magazine. You got to get the physical magazine. Physical magazine. Yeah. Yeah. I've already, I've already was, gone on this. I almost, that's what I should have got for you for your birthday. Oh. I mean, not to accidentally reference By the way, did you enjoy the gifts? Come on. Yes. So every single day, so people don't know this, but uh, Danny, Danny at the end of last podcast mentioned that something would be coming for me in the mail. Um, and I went into the mailbox and I got some treats. And then a few days later, I got some more treats. And uh, apparently Danny doesn't know how to use a little button on Amazon that says, add a little gift note so I know I who know. it's from I kept I kept going I'm like is this I uh, had come up I'm like did you buy me this is this it's, from it's so funny you from? say that because I literally ordered them and then after I was done asked asked Shauna I'm like can you can you send things from Amazon as a gift and she just like looked at me and rolled her eyes I'm like all right it's too late he'll figure it out <laughs> So, so I will say that the the stuff everything that you got me is absolutely phenomenal in fact we're using and have used our brand new milk frother almost every single day well, since you, you it has share a picture of that with the peeps with the tweeps the twitter peeps with the tweets i will i will oh i'll put that one specifically on there um the one that i sent you that was uh h digs uh, she was the first to experiment with she put in a coconut creamer inside of it and it frothed up because we're not we're not dairy people we are non-dairy right dairy people so we have the almond we have the macadamia we have the coconuts of the world and uh, that one frothed up really nice and we had friends over this weekend um you sh- you're gonna love this it's so cute it's so adorable we we had friends over for brunch and i handcrafted uh, cafe h plus j menus that they could select what they wanted and for the first time ever i could put latte on there because i, I could it. now froth the milk yeah it was pretty adorable they saw it and they're like oh my goodness even heather saw it and she's like oh my goodness you're ridiculous i was like i know uh but no it's really great and in fact i'm looking at the coffee lids book so not only do we get this amazing frother but we've got a whole bunch of great books uh, my favorite is this coffee lids book, which is great for our coffee table, but also just sits in front of me all day because yeah. I've always wanted to open a coffee shop. And now I didn't know that I could choose from five billion different coffee lid options. And my favorite part of this coffee lids book, which will be in the show notes that if you want to buy, will also give back a little kick to the to the show uh, that there were so many options and so many styles and so intricate and that the book itself has the perfect proportions of the coffee lid. So the coffee lid on the cover of the book is the exact size of a coffee lid. I love it. Uh, which is phenomenal. So, so full credit where credit was due. That was that was Heather's uh, suggestion to me. Classic. Uh, <clears throat> H. Low, when we were going back and forth, um, she said that she thought that she said that she's like, I wanted to get this for him. So I'm not getting it for him for his birthday. So you should do it. <laughs> so. Uh, so I took her advice on that one. But uh, so have you played Ticket to Ride ever? So that's a great question. The last last one well, was two other gifts. There was another book, uh, Dream Teams, which we'll have to talk about because I don't know anything about it. But no. Yeah, I, I want I can't wait to talk about that. I can't wait to tell you the origin of that because I want to do our first. We read a book together. Ooh. And discuss. I know that's like pivot. Like, where is this podcast going? Those of you who've been listening with us since day one, first of all, we love you. Thank you. Um, and those of you who are like, you've been listening for like one week and you're like, what the bleep are these guys talking about? So that's exactly what this show is. Let's pivot 
I do want to read that book with you and I want to tell you why, but tell me about Ticket to Ride first. Yeah, so Ticket to Ride, I have wanted to purchase for a long, long time. There are a few board games that are staples in the community, like Carcassonne, um, Ticket to Ride is one of them, and a few other ones. Archimedes, also a staple in the community, I will say. (laughs) Um, And Ticket to Ride has been one of these games that I played one or two times on the Xbox. They actually had a digital version of it. Ah, really? I didn't know mm-hmm. that. I should, I should, that's great advice for the boys. Yeah. So cool. And it's really fun because you kind of can learn through the experience. You can also play online. They have other ones like Carcassonne's on there too and and um, things like that. So I've always wanted to buy it, but I was like, oh, I can't justify like, you know, picking up $50 for this board game. Who's going to play it? But I loved it when I played it on, um, when I played it on Xbox and it's so time sensitive because I was just literally on a train where I bought a ticket to ride. Well, Heather bought a ticket to ride Dude, up in Alaska. So such perfect timing. So it's going to be our so, weekend, uh, experiment. Cause you can do two to five players, which I think is great. Um, yeah, so I'm super excited yeah, for it. And, and it, is, it is more fun. The more players you get, the two player game is a little more like, you know, it's like when you get down to the world domination stage of risk, Yeah. you know, it gets a little like, all right, like I either have to like really focus here and be ruthless or you're, I'm just going to lose, yep. you know, mm-hmm. um, but, um, but with five people, like, you know, you can have fun and, and not to say that you shouldn't focus and not try to lose, but I think it, there's, there's a little bit more unpredictability because the randomness of how people can sort of cut you off and different stuff that you're, you know, I think you're, you're more willing to take risks and there's i don't know i enjoy a little bit of the mystery of all right i'm gonna roll the dice am i gonna get from montreal to atlanta <laughs> given that james has already cut off you know the nashville route i'm going for yeah. it right that kind of thing and um whereas with two players it's a you know a little bit different but anyway so yeah so that was fun but okay so the book that or the gift that i was most excited about it's funny because it's the last thing was i was listening to some npr uh, which is random for me. I don't normally listen to NPR or any form of public radio, whether, you know, conservative, liberal, you know, neutral, whatever. I have, I, I don't normally do that. But it was in the rental car that I got in a trip and it was just like on. Okay, right? yeah, yeah. So I turned the radio on and I'm listening to this guy. And the first thing he starts talking about, he's clearly like being interviewed, was about the Wu-Tang Clan. And he was talking about how uh, I think I think Jizza, who was the guy that founded Wu Tang? Rizza. I think it's Rizza. Rizza, not Jizza. Sorry, Rizza. Uh, so talking about how Rizza brought these guys together, and even though these days like gangster rap and and you know these guys talking about thug behavior from the hood is in some ways I think been embellished to the point where like people just sort of disrespect that it's not really real. And I think it's like, whatever, right. These guys are talking about stuff, but, but talking about in the, the origins of this group and how literally the people he brought together were from, um, you know, like you had people from like the Crips and the bloods, like these were, these were people that had literally killed people, right. These are like people that were born on the streets and like, through like the harshest of environments in terms of our you know what what urban poverty really is and and talks about how when these guys first came to these recordings i know this is i think this is surprising you right that i'm talking about Mm -hmm. this that these guys would they literally came loaded with 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 glocks and like these guys came to the recording as he brought them together like with guns like these were they were from warring frac uh warring factions of la and chicago and different stuff and 
And what he did was he would tell them like, hey, uh, if, you know, everybody bring your best stuff and I'm only putting five of you on this track, right? If there was like eight of them or something. And he basically ended up getting the best out of them in terms of what they contributed to the Wu-Tang, you know, the hip hop uh, urban art form by like getting them like committed to stop warring on on the streets and actually putting in like their rap battles against each other like into the songs right and then he pivots and he starts talking about how you know it's one of the things that was so great about uh the constitution or you know people talk about the founding of the united states and the rare one of the rarest things most unique things about the the u.s revolution um which is really actually ironic we're talking about today on independence day was not necessarily even that the revolution happened or that we won the war as much as they were underdogs. You could argue it was only a matter of time before a continent would overcome an island. But the fact that after overthrowing England, that civil war didn't immediately happen. And that if you look at through every revolution, every other revolution that's happened in history has been followed immediately by a civil war. Because usually the enemy of my enemy um, or the, the, you know, the enemy of my enemy is now my friend. But the moment that the, you know, Gaddafi or the moment the dictator is gone, look at Iraq when Saddam Hussein was gone. Look at, like I said, Gaddafi, right? Like this is what happens in, in, in history uh, once the mutual agenda is gone. And that that didn't happen really proved that the American Constitution was the first um, entity that created infrastructure that essentially allowed to agree to disagree, like within Within the Constitution, it creates room for parties to agree to disagree in ways that um, was not otherwise previously possible. And of course, eventually there was a civil war in the United States. But the fact that it it was punted on for as long as it was and allowed like some of the stability to happen was really interesting. So he talks about basically the need for our society to allow people to come together even if they disagree, you can have a common commitment and a common goal. Mm. And that it's really sad when you see, you know, these days, even family members are afraid to discuss politics. They're afraid to discuss things because because they don't want it to lead to a fight. But how does that make sense when clearly if someone's in your in your life and your family with them and you love each other, you must share many of the same ideals and values. Right. Or you wouldn't be friends. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Yet you're afraid to talk politics mm-hmm. because people have basically lost the ability to to agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. And he talks about what a dream team really is, is when you have people like involved with each other that understand commitment to a common goal is more important than the route or the path that gets you there. And that that's something that um, has been done throughout history. And he goes through all these things and he, and he believes that, you know, dream teams is what the world needs. And basically people willing to, um, to have commitments that are greater than like their, their uh, logistical disagreements of what the right way is to get there. And I just, I found the whole thing fascinating, right? You can tell I'm super excited about this. And I was like, who is this guy? I have to buy his book and me and Mots are going to read it together. So I haven't even read the book yet. And that's the endorsement that's coming from me. Oh, nice. Oh, my goodness. That, that sounds amazing. I'm really excited to read it. Like there's so many like really good quotes on the back and and just um, people that have read it from like TED Talks to I like the, the front. They put Shane Badier on it, who's uh, uh, not only an NBA champion, right, but also he leads the analytics for the Miami Heat. So like not only does he has the, the team aspect of it but leading a team behind the scenes so like all these great quotes like challenging vivid pragmatic like but i like that right it's challenging vivid and pragmatic like, i like pragmatic books you know like oh that makes that makes sense you know so that's really exciting to me i'm pretty pretty stoked to uh give it a read yeah, and i don't know how deeply he goes in i mean i'm i'm kind of a, a constitution american revolutionary nerd i uh 
something I haven't shared with you a lot, but I like, so I read this book called The Founding Brothers, which was in many ways where I learned a lot about uh, the history of, you know, like he, it, it's, it was a Pulitzer Prize winner, um, uh, Founding Brothers, we can look it up. I'll link it in the show notes. We can link it to Amazon in case anybody wants to buy it and give a kickback to the show. But he he dives into a lot, like these eight seminal moments that talked about in very similar ways, like commitments that happen through these, um, you know, just like insanely different agendas um, where they were able to do something uh, bigger than themselves. And uh, so I just, I think I just related to that part of it and I can't wait to see the different ways that he, this guy brings it together. So I have a copy, you have a copy and that's what we're going to do. We're going to read it together All right. and we're going to, it's going to be so great. I mean, now what's your reading speed? That's the question I have. Like how fast are you at reading books? You're probably faster than me, but if I, Impossible. if I have pressure on me, I mean, if I know you're going to be rocking it, have you started it yet? I've not. No, like I'm going to be starting okay, today. I haven't started yet either. Okay. So maybe let's text each other. One, two, three, go. And then we'll go from okay. there. <laughs> All right. That sounds good to me. That's, but that's I good. haven't started yet. So no starting today because it's because it's fireworks. Fireworks. Day. Okay. So don't start today. Start this weekend or this week and we'll all three, two, one, go. All right. That sounds good to me. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I'm really stoked. You you spoiled me just like um, I knew that you would. And uh, you're too good. Too good to me. I want to I want to find Founding Brothers because I actually do. This is a book I love so much that Founding I. Founding Brothers. Um, I'm gonna, Should I link it from Amazon? Yeah, you can link it from Amazon. Here, I'm going to leave it in our show notes right here. Show notes. And then I guess we should leave. There it is. It's by Joseph, uh, Joseph Ellis. And then there's Dream Teams, this new one. 1776. Uh, working together without falling apart. Yeah. Dream Teams. Dream Teams. 1776. That's how you do a podcast. Well, you just keep people. People love this is behind the scenes action for all of our listeners. This is what we do. On a normal daily basis. The real basis. behind the scenes was you went you went live when I was, I can see clearly now. They didn't tell me we were going live. You did that on purpose, you sly dog. I did. I did. Oh, well, you know, your, sly dog. your voice was so soothing and so calming that yeah, I wanted right. to make sure that our listeners could experience the true Danny that yeah. I know and love. Lisa wasn't the inappropriate Danny who can sometimes creep out. Well, I think I, sh I share that Danny with people probably a little too often as it is. Yeah. So. Maybe, maybe just a little bit, just a little bit. So what else are you doing today? Are you doing anything crazy? You're going to go see some fireworks? You're going to go gonna head home pretty much. Mm. I came in for an early hit my CrossFit workout, which I shared on the Twitter sphere. Natch, natch. It was a rough, a rough uh, wad. Um, so I, I hit my CrossFit. Then I, then I did some early work here. I'm, I'm, I'm recording with you and then I'm going to go home because we have a barbecue to get to. Shauna has this. Ooh. signed up for a neighborhood barbecue starting around 12 one o'clock so i'm gonna grill some brats nice. um we're gonna head to the barbecue and then we're gonna head uh into our you know the the park where they do the fireworks mm -hmm. and, you know probably around uh, the later the better because remember fireworks don't really start till like 9 p.m like when it's dark right and i I don't know. I mean, if you had, if I had my way, I would just like skip it at this point, but you can't, the kids just love fireworks, you know? So, um, so we're going to leave, I hope around like five or six, hang out for a couple hours at the park, throw some Frisbee around and then, uh, hit the fireworks and go home. So mm, solid. I like that. I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. The, that's the thing in Arizona. You have to be really 
careful. You you essentially cannot enjoy the Fourth of July by yourself because there's so much potential for burning the entire state down that you have to go <laughs> to to very designated areas in general. So yeah, that sounds right. Know, exactly. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. No, it is right. It is right. And the fireworks we watch are are shot out over a lake. Mm. Um. So that's I think that's partly why they're able to do it, like no matter what, uh, despite the desert being so dry. Um, so that's 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 the area we go to. But, you know, each his own. What about you and uh, H-Town? You guys got some Seattle fireworks to watch so probably the- from the comfort of your own home. You guys could probably see it right out the window, I bet. Come on. It's true. It's true. We just have to go to our rooftop. <laughs> so the the fireworks you know for the fourth of july well the the new year's fireworks they're done down at the space needle so we can actually see the those ones but they're pretty far away but the uh fourth of july fireworks are done from gasworks park they're actually done in the middle of the water and they're they're shot off and that's very walkable from from where we live in, in this general area of north of 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 that downtown area so there's the good and the bad of this, and I'll start with the good. The good is that we can see directly from our our rooftop or just kind of go outside and see stuff happening, or we could walk there. We could just walk to the fireworks, or we have a friend that's even closer because we are a little bit further away, but we have a friend that's closer, and we usually hang out with Jesse onto his roof and things, but there's a problem, which is that we want to go out and do stuff today, but since the fireworks are so close to us, people have started camping out and started to like already already. So yeah, no, I know what you mean. That gets rough. If we move our car, we're never going to have another spot to park in. So like we're like, can't you, it's like the double catch 22, right? You want to leave because it's your day off from work, but then you can't because you know, you're going to lose your spot. And then like, where am I going to park my tie? You know, he's small, but I mean, can only fit him so many places. So that, that's kind of the conundrum that we're in currently. Yeah. Well, everybody has the uh, that kind of issue with the with the parking and whatever. We have a friend who's close to the park that is saving a spot in her sort of parking lot. But then I get the feeling that at some point that jig is going to be up because she was texting me today confirming that we were coming because she already has other friends she's also promising spaces to. Mm. So I think like what we're trying to to do is avoid really the the exit. Um, the exit drama where everybody's just in traffic jam for 30 minutes to move five feet. And then all of a sudden you can move everywhere. Um, but, um, but I think she's, you know, she's not like charging or anything for this. So it's not like she's running, uh, you know, running, you know, trying to get a little coosh on the side, right? She's just doing it out of the generous of her own heart, but, uh, the generosity of her own heart. But, um, so we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Nice. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. Well, and, and I guess all the kids are now at an age where fireworks are highly acceptable. I mean, do they have like a, a little headsets or little ear things or they're all just they're fine. Right. Or they're, they're, they're all fine. Yeah. I mean, Talia. Last year, if I remember. Sort of half slept through it, so that was mm-hmm. good. I don't know that we've had a full fireworks experience with Talia being as present as she is now. Right. She's two and a half. Um, you know, you never know with kids that age. I mean, she could still just like, you know, hit some cotton candy and boom, hit the floor, right? She <laughs> could pass out any second. That's how it works. But she could also be, you know, wired for sound and just like, you know, freaking out and then, and then, uh, you know, really sensitive. So who knows? It'll be, it'll be a bit of a roll of the dice. I'm excited for that part of it. 
you know that that's a that's an unknown for sure yeah so you, you don't we'll know it's, it'll be either just an, another explosion or calm and soothing finale yeah yeah no and uh, we talked about this i told you before we started recording today that i remember our not our first podcast but one of our first podcasts was a you know because we were what's our episode now 53 50 63 what's our episode 53 63 63. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so we had been doing this for a little a bit. couple of months, but um but I remember us talking last year about the fireworks and how sometimes you have that experience where they just go on and on and you know, you're just like I got you know, you you're already thinking about the traffic jam. So I really am trying to avoid that. I consider this whole thing like an exercise in mental spiritual discipline to just like relax, enjoy it while everyone else starts running to the car and trying to get out of traffic early. I'm just going to meander slowly, <laughs> you know, maybe I'll engage in random conversation with a stranger, that kind of thing, right? Really try to force myself to not be in my type A, I got to get out of here now, you know, it's my own issues I'm working on. I'm so. looking, I'm looking at a year ago now and, uh, we, this is episode 12 was our 4th of July episode and we yeah. did, we talked okay. about, uh, the Zojirushis. We talked about the newsroom opening scene. Uh, okay. Baby Driver. Uh, we talked Baby about... Baby Driver. Out, Man, um, this is a trip down memory lane. Kasparov to play St. Louis Rapid Blitz. This is a year ago. Ah, uh, that's right. Uh, we had two people leave comments on this show on Blunders.fm. First was Andrew. He says, I'm just going like literally back in time here. It goes, great, great podcast. Look forward to each week episode. I haven't missed one yet, and that's good because I was 12. We'll see if uh, that goes. I wonder if Andrew's still here. I hope so. Andrew, if you're still here, leave a comment. We'll read it next week. Andrew, if you're still here, leave a comment. We'll throw a diamond membership your way. Boom. Uh, says, uh, you have alerted me to chess movies, documentaries out there. I'm looking forward to watching, not to mention Baby Driver. We had another one, too. We, we don't go to our website very often, apparently. Jess Morrison, also a longtime listener, has played on chess.com for a while and was very excited to discover this podcast. Uh, it's his favorite way or her, Jess, I don't know, favorite way to listen to you guys first thing in the morning with your cup of Joe, a little cup of coffee there. Yeah, uh, it goes to get up uh, early. So I have time to play chess and relax before heading to work. For me, there are a few better things in life than relaxing with a cup of coffee, playing chess and listening to you two chat about technology, chess and life. Woo. Now that is a glowing review. Thanks, Jess. Well, we haven't talked about technology or chess in this episode, nor have we allowed ourselves to go down the uh, the Marvel movie rabbit hole, which is nice. Although there was a whole thing this weekend about the, I don't know if you follow the, the guy who's the cinematographer for Avengers 4, who's also done other movies like District 9 and some of the earlier Marvel ones. He let it, he let like a title slip for what the final Avengers movie is going to be called. Oh, I didn't see that. No. It was Avengers Endgame. Oh, but um, but then but then he like changed it. So this thing like blew up on Twitter. We should try to I, and I didn't even follow it that closely, but I got an alert from like a guy that did a YouTube video who I've who I've, I guess I've watched a few of his videos before. So anyway, that was that was uh, whatever. But in the chess realm, I mean, I've told you about, you know, the previous will soon be the previous fearless leader of the chess world, Kirsan Ilyumzhinov, who, um, you know, you know, he, he talks to aliens and, yes. you know, the, I've told you the about fee, all the this, FIDE right? person. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yes. But now we have we have this story, which is, you know, so officially he has withdrawn his candidacy and will not be running against the three people that are going. Wow. Um, and uh, so the big, you know, we 
We don't really talk politics or religion on this show, but we do talk chess, even if it dives into chess politics. And so here's the other one that came out like just before this, that he withdrew. And then Macropolis, the guy that is his, um, I think the guy that he's endorsing claims to have 60, like 64 federations already supporting him. And so it's just a, like this whole thing is crazy. It's, it's almost like the whole thing FIFA. is crazy. And I hate to say, you know, that it's that we're already ushering in a new era of lack of transparency and corruption. But, you know, I I would be probably silly to not think that that might happen. I don't know. I mean, I'll probably one day they'll probably send somebody from the KGB after me. So I should probably shut up. But, I, you know. I love that. Um, I love that. I just said like, oh, FIDE. It's really reminding me of FIFA. And then the very first comment was FIDE equals FIFA, which was funny. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't see that. That was no, just it me. really is. It and it's, uh, Isn't it crazy how even something like, people probably don't realize how like what this actually means, right? Because it's like chess itself is at that grand level just like fifa is with with soccer or any of those other big ones there's just like so much money and so much things potential corruption i'm not gonna call people everyone corrupt but so much craziness that happens that most people like i just want to go on chess.com play some chess right but there's this whole other like underworld that's out there so yep no it's crazy and you know it it is it, you know, people ask, well, what's at stake? And I think partly people ask what's at stake because initially you're like, well, how much, you know, what's the market cap of the chess world? I mean, mm-hmm. how much money is exchanging hands that makes this sort of play for power worth anyone's time? But then of course you're like the same, those same, the same mindset probably doesn't understand. Like, you know, there's a, you know, there's like a lot of millions of chess games played every year i mean i'm talking over the board not just i mean on chess.com there's almost three million games played every day but okay the majority of our members are like you said they're playing chess and enjoying themselves not necessarily ever going to play in a tournament um but there's you know there's there's enough membership fees and you know there's you know there's a lot of millions of dollars there and i think that there's obviously inertia that um when a group of people have had influence over the direction of of something and like a culture and like, you know, they don't want to let that go. And I think that um, there have been tries in the past to, to uh, unseat Ilyum Zhinov, including by Kasparov, including by Karpov, some guys that have like the kind of chess prowess name, you think they might rally the respect of chess people, but even then, even they have lost frankly in landslides and because, you know, the politics and however that works, um, you know, have, have maintained control over what matters to them most, which, uh, I believe, you know, ultimately hurts the commercialization of the game because people look at the situation and they say, how can a leader who has sanctions against him by the United, you know, the Department of Treasury to the United States for dealings with, you know, Assad, you know, from Syria, like, how can we want to invest in this market? And so yeah. certainly I have my own perspective as, you know, one of the fortunate kind of managers and leaders of, of chess.com, but we're a private entity, right? So yeah, you do your own thing. I, I would argue the private entity nature of us forces us to have integrity because when you have a bottom line there is a bottom line and therefore you can't really afford to make bad decisions in terms of how you're growing things and what your goals are i think that it's hard when you have lack of transparency in in a you know in an organization that's supposed to operate for the good of the people that's what like officialdoms and nonprofits and the government is always supposed to do right so that's why people really have a hard time with this yeah it's and especially it's something so you know, not that that's just as straightforward and simple. It's just that it's, it's a, it's a, 
it's a board game, right? It, it, it really is. It's a board game. I mean, at the smallest level, you know, and when you think about soccer, it's the same thing. Soccer is the most popular sport played in the entire world. And what do you need? You need a ball and that ball could be wrapped out of tape, <laughs> right? It could really, be you don't even need grass. You need a ball and like an area to kick it through on, on two ends. And that's it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. So I even saw, I even saw a video of kids in, in a street. So a cement street. I don't think it was in the U.S., but they were they were literally the first time I'd ever seen half court soccer. They mm. only had room for one net. So they literally like if you receive the ball, like you would try to like take it past a certain boundary before you could turn around again. <laughs> I love that. That's that was great. that was a first. Yeah, that's good. So, that's anyway, all you sorry, need. Totally off. Yeah. Well, you know, what do we do with our lives now? I mean, now we got Fourth of July. Uh, you know. I'm yeah. sorry, that was awkward. <laughs> yeah, that was awkward. I mean, so to, to later wrap, wrap it up, how was your your weekend with um, John Urschel? So it was awesome, right? So we went to John Urschel's wedding, um, and uh, it was at Penn State. John, obviously, being uh, an alma mater of the Nittany Lions, and um, he and his lovely wife Louisa, or now now wife, you know, it was it was a it was a an honor to be invited honestly it was super small there were it was less than 40 people there oh wow um like literally like super f- close friends and family and you know john and i have become pretty good friends but i mean like i just you know i was like really honored and, and excited to be there plus again it's an excuse to get away with just my wife without the kids so hashtag sign me up <laughs> am i right and we actually went on a couple of bar crawls which we have not done like ever like in our marriage Ooh, i mean yeah. we got together so young but in you know, dived, you know, we dove head first into this life of starting a family. You know, I had my first kid at 20 years old and we had already been together and then broke up. It was like, we like divorced before we got married. And like, so we just never really, I don't know. There's a part of us, I think that looks back and feels like we didn't, we didn't have the normal path, late teens, early twenties. And, and there wasn't a lot of blowing it out. So you had reason to settle down. And I, you know, whatever, I won't get into the arguments of you know, I think we're we're happy with our life and the decisions we've made, but it's definitely been something that's funny when we're hanging out with a bunch of people that like we're the only ones with kids there. John and Louisa have a have a baby girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they you know, they got married after having a kid, actually. And she's almost exactly the same age that Nash was when Sean and I got married. Okay. So kind of similar there. But other than them, like nobody there has kids, you know, um, and so it was uh, different. uh new friends, uh, which is, which is great. And I was super excited and honored to kind of be invited into, into John Urschel's world and his, and his really close friend group. And we partied with a lot of people and had a blast and John and Louisa got married. It was a really sweet wedding. And then we flew home and, you know, grandma kept the kids and nobody died. Right. I mean, and least of all, grandma didn't die when we're leaving. We're like asking Kathy, like, are you going to be OK? And she's like, I've done this before. And we're like, we're not worried about the kids. We're worried about you. <laughs> They're going to eat you alive. Yeah. Like, you don't, you know, so she explained all the ways that they completely took advantage of her. And she knew that they were. But, you know, she went with it. So nobody died. Kids probably played a little more video games, stayed up a little bit later than we would have allowed. Talia probably got a few more treats than parents would have allowed. But that's life. And uh, we're back home. Beautiful. So. I'm glad everyone survived. Everyone had a good time. Yeah, yeah I love it. That's that's good. Uh, it's good. It's good to see kind of the full, full, the full 360 that there is. So you can go out. You can go to a wedding. You can enjoy. And, yeah, and the kids will be okay. Life 
after kids and kids are fine and everybody is doing great. <laughs> like, I don't know why I'm so happy about life. I'm not even really like I, you ever, you ever find that whenever you're happy about life, you have to like ground yourself, like don't get too excited. That or is that just my abused childhood coming back? No, no, that's the that's what that that is the truth. That is what happens. That is what happens. <laughs> right. uh, but uh, no, it was it was a lot of fun, and I think for us to have um, a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, because we obviously live and die for our kids. I mean, my life is like work, and then it's like baseball, basketball, you know, change a poopy diaper. It's like you know, this is what we do. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun and. And uh, it won't happen again for a little while, but good stuff. Good stuff. Well, go out and enjoy your 4th of July, Danny. Um, I can't wait to to start reading dream teams together because you and I, we are a great dream team uh, on this podcast. Yeah, I believe so. And the people believe so. At least a year ago, they did. So. A year ago, they did. We'll see if, uh, if Andrew's still listening and leaves a comment. Like, that would be a huge win. It would mean through this crazy journey of you and I like going down this podcast road that somebody was, however you want to say, somebody was committed enough to stay with us. Yeah, I like that. I like that. All right, buddy. Well, I'm committed to staying with you. And I hope that you have a phenomenal, 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 phenomenal 4th of July. Uh, I I won't give you as many phenomenals, but I do feel the same way. Ditto. Ditto. Ditto will suffice. All right. Love you, buddy. Uh,